Trading Nut, episode 14. They wouldn't even consider themselves to be traders because what they are are people that, you know, they, they live on holiday. So um, they wouldn't say they're traders. They just say they're retired. And, you know, that is the way to be as a trader. Just be retired. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Cam Hawkins here from Trading That Podcast. I hope you're having a great trading week out there. Now, today we've got an absolute doozy of an interview for you coming up. Well, in actual fact, there's not much interviewing going on on my part. Uh, It's more the guest and what he shares with us all. And and um, it it is... It's it's a game. It's a it's not just a it's a it's a mind mindset mind shift mindset mind shift. It's a mind shift. It's a it's a shift. You're gonna have a shift in your mind. <laughs> By the end of it, you'll have a shift in the way you think about how the world operates, the way you think about how the market operates. Um, you're pretty much gonna you're gonna be blown away. Okay, you're gonna be blown away. It's a very different way of looking at things. Um, not. Stuff that we don't get taught at school, stuff that we don't get taught anywhere else. You definitely don't get taught taught in the workplace. This is going to be a game changer for people out there. Um, the episode is with the interview is with if my auntie from Read the Markets or uh, RTM Academy, and uh, we're so lucky to get him on the show. So we've had some of his ex um, ex disciples on the show before. So uh, we talk about that in the in the intro. So yeah, look, it's, it closes the loop on a lot of things, and you get a very, very uh, detailed view of how this guy has managed to unpick everything and unravel everything uh, with what's going on in virtually any market in the world. Okay, and so we go into crypto, we go into um, we we talk about uh, oil. We, we in actual fact, we've got a video. We've got a video that we recorded after the show that'll go up on the YouTube channel, and this video is where. If walks us through how he picked a the the risk to reward was I think it was two hundred and eighty to one trade. Okay, so he, he risked something like ten pips, and his return was two hundred and eighty. Oh, sorry, two thousand eight hundred pips. Okay, that, that's that's two thousand two hundred eighty percent return, isn't it? Okay, anyway, that's that's what it was. Uh, so yeah. And we get a there's a video of that. He actually walks us through how he uh how he how he pick, how he picked the entry. And you pretty much see exactly what he does as well. And it's it's fascinating. So I'm gonna put a link up to that in the show notes as well, so you guys will be able to go there and have a look at this after you listen to the interview. So listen to the interview, you'll be so intrigued. I guarantee you're gonna absolutely fall over yourselves to get to this video. Now, um whilst you're doing that and going online be sure to, if you're listening to these podcasts, be sure to subscribe. Um, my mum told me the other day that it, it's hurting her feelings that people aren't subscribing to my podcast. So, guys, please subscribe. If you're listening to this and just jumping on, subscribe to the podcast. Um, leave a review while you're there. 
And be sure to share this episode in particular because I think this episode is one that that should be shared, okay? It should be shared. So, right, what else have we got going on here around trading that? So we've got the Edu trading or the Edu contest for um, anyone who's wanting to go into a demo trading contest. We've got that running coming up in the start of the year. There's still uh, spots available and um, it's still an early bird discount, so head over to tradingnut.com. So you get education for a couple of weeks, then you get to actually compete against the other students to win back your tuition and some cash. So guys, head over there, tradingnut.com forward slash demo comp. I'll put links in the description as well. Um, the other couple of things, I, I mean, the YouTube channel is really starting to take off now, so I'm getting some great content over there. Last week, I put up a, uh, well, I think it might have been a week and a half ago, I put up a video showing me walking through how a particular strategy, which somebody had sent me, worked on, um, that did it work or not when you automate it and actually plays out the rules that are being promoted online. I've got another strategy that I'll be putting up very, very soon, hopefully this week, so you can check that out. And... The other thing I'm putting up a video, and it's I'm going to put up a video in a few few minutes, and it just happens to be one of those random times, random random times where I went out to a Christmas party on Saturday night, and I mean it was literally it was my wife's uh, social club. She runs a, a, a about forty women and, and runs a sort of like mini social club where she gets them out and about and stuff. And anyway, that was their Christmas party. I turned up. I was one of maybe six or seven. No, not even that. It was probably four guys in the room. And so I was like, "Oh, look, can I just please talk to one of you guys?" And it just happened to be that one of them was uh, an ex forex trader. So he's like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, basically, I I, I work at home. I run a, a podcast." And um, it's it's called Trading Nut, and this is what I do. I interview guys who trade the, trade the markets around the world. And he was like, oh, yeah, I used to uh, I used to trade. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, he placed one or two trades. No, this guy, I couldn't believe it. He actually stopped eight years ago. He's like a software developer now, but he he traded, um, I think he traded, he traded for maybe four or five years, and he grew his account... I can't remember the de- I can't remember the exact numbers because I, I was having a few, few drinks. But he started off with like ten to fi- ten to fifteen thousand pounds and grew it to one hundred and fifty thousand pounds or something higher than that. Then tragedy struck, and I mean, he said he was like he had four screens, he was full on into it, he was literally doing it every day. But the, the thing he said was he didn't have a strategy. He was just literally, basically, he was. He said he was just looking looking at stuff happening on the chart and, and placing trades. Some days he'd lose, some days he'd win. But he'd win more than he'd lose. Um, he was placing a lot of trades. He basically worked out that he was gambling. That's all he was doing was gambling. Um, in a, and he, so, he, so it wasn't, he couldn't replicate it sort of day in, day out. I don't know. He was very vague on it. Anyway, long story short, he was placing so many trades and he was so tired because he was like, it was, it was like a sort of, you know, it was like a, a game he was like a gamer and the game was the markets and he was up all hours of the night he eventually when he like, had this massive sort of account from from where he started he fell asleep um without putting a stop loss in and woke up and he had wiped virtually everything i think he said he lost fifteen thousand dollars on that particular day or pounds sorry on that particular day and he woke up and he had kept refreshing his account to find that He's basically where he started off. So he did actually reveal something that was quite 
sort of pertinent for or important for us to all all take note of which was he spoke to somebody who was like you know full on into the markets and i don't know if he was a professional trader but he worked for either an institution or someone like that and he's like no mate you got it all wrong you need to be placing one trade for the day and taking a sizable chunk of profit from that trade and that's how you do it so guys a little bit of advice. I might chuck up a video rant up on the on the uh, on the what's it called YouTube channel. So go and check that out. Um, what else can I tell you? Yep. So Robot Traders Club. We've had the uh, the the next EA roll uh, robot roll off the conveyor belt. So go and check that out. Um, monthly robots every single month. So these like if you want strategies that have proven to work in the past, then this is the place to go. Okay, guys. So go and check that out on tradingnut.com. You'll see links in there. All right, guys, I think that's enough from me. Let's get on with this interview with If from RTM Academy. All right, let's do it. It's going to be fascinating, and remember to check out the video at the end. All right, folks, so we've got If Mianti here from Read the Markets, and I'm so pleased to have you on the show. If how are things going over there in Vietnam? Uh, perfect. Thanks very much for having me, Cam. Good to be on the show. Well, look, we've, we've had some technical issues trying to get us here. It's taken us, no word of a lie, 37 minutes. I'm looking at the clock now. I can't believe yeah, it's taken sure that long. Has. And um, we finally got you on. And look, it's it's not just the, the 37 minutes. I've been, I've been um, I think I reached out to you a long time ago, several, several it months. It was, yeah, what? we were much younger then, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think we both had hair back then. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I've had your colleagues on, so I, I'd had um, had Gil on, and um, or ex colleagues who he's moved moved on now, and, and I've been speaking to sure, some of some of your other traders, and, and they've done they, they've got a, a lot of sort of immense gratitude towards you, and, and um, really do hold you in a high esteem. So it's so gla- I'm so glad to get you on the show, so that um, we can get an insight into into what you're made up of and um in your trading journey <laughs> and, and how that. you how you see the market so um so do you want to start off by by telling the guys like a little bit about yourself and and how you got into this this whole business and where you ended up now in vietnam well yeah okay um it was what well, seems like a long time ago now i think it was in 2010 i had just stopped writing a book i read, wrote the first 600 pages of it or something and then found out that I had one seventh of the story told and I thought oh my golly what am I going to do now so I did the usual thing you do when you're a bit confused and frustrated and went surfing the internet and um, I didn't have an ad blocker at the time so what came up just as I was surfing was trade penny stocks online I had no idea what it was so I, um, I opened up the link and I saw this price chart and it was absolutely beautiful. It was these candles going up and down across the screen. And I knew it was a puzzle that, a puzzle that had to be solved. So, um, yeah, I, I made it my business to try and solve that. Now, of course, I did the usual stupid thing of trying to find a crutch to get me started. Um, found this amazingly brilliant system that you could use. And it only cost $99 or something like that. And... Um, all you had to do was wait for, for this black arrow to show up on the screen and then you buy or sell. And it was like, yay, brilliant. So I spent a, I think a month on that, losing 10,000 euros. And, you know, it seemed like it wasn't the best thing to do uh, after losing all that money on it. Um, so I said, right, okay, enough of those crutches. Let's go and see what we can actually do about reading price. 
Um, so I went onto the internet, into the forums and whatnot, and found this other thing which seemed really fascinating, which was Fibonacci. And um, that all seemed to make sense because the person that was teaching that had a Fibonacci uh, retracement thing on every single swing and then a Fibonacci expander on every single swing. So everywhere you looked on the chart, there were these lines extended all the way to the right. And there was a thousand lines on the screen. So, of course, price was always going to bounce off one of them. So it looked like it really worked. So I gave that about another month and then realized that was just a load of crap. Um, and <laughs> I started looking then at candlesticks for a couple of months. And that seemed to make sense. That, that actually seemed to work a little bit. Uh, that if you've got a pin bar there and you see it on the chart and it's 200 pips wide, um, that once that pin bar uh, actually breaks, you can take a trade then and you've got a stop loss of 200 pips and your target is 10 pips away. Now, that really worked quite well. It worked maybe 50% of the time at having a 200 pip risk for a 10 pip reward. Um, and, you know, uh, you think, yes, this is absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm going to lose all my money. Um, so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that wasn't going to work either. Um, candlesticks are just, you know, they're, they're really for people who don't understand the market very much. Um, but they are the, the best of a bad lot in not understanding the market. So as I was just watching price, I noticed that one swing fitted nicely underneath another swing. And then the next swing fitted nicely underneath that one. You know, if you move the swing from the right to the left, it fits under that one. And then the other one fits underneath it. And you can have a nice stack of swings in there. And I said, well, that must be a little bit important. So from there, I found supply and demand. And that seemed to answer a lot of questions. Um, but... You know, when you've got a question answered, you're going to have more questions come up. So uh, my whole life is about solving puzzles. And I, I took supply and demand on board and then took it a hell of a lot further than that. Because, you know, the market, it, it took me a while to find out or to realize. Um, really, I'm a bit embarrassed. It took me a, a while to realize about everything on this society and how it's run and who owns it. Um, uh, I had always thought that everything was the way it was and banks were there to actually help you save money and to, to, you know, to be libraries for money and whatnot. And I thought the governments were good things and I thought that the World Health Organization was there for the health of the world. And, you know, I was, I was kind of stupid. Um, but um, like, some, like happened with so many people, you, you go back and take a look at that video of 9-11 and, and see that these buildings went down faster than um, gravity could actually take them down uh, because they got hit by a few pieces of aluminium. Um, and, you know, you start to actually picture how the world is actually run. And uh, then you learn that the world um, is an empire and it has an emperor and uh, the emperor has a staff of just a few people who are in charge of absolutely everything. Now, these are the people that um, uh, create false flags so that they'll start wars so that um, countries will send their children to murder other children across the world. And uh, they'll borrow fantastic amounts of money to actually send their children off to kill and get killed. Um, you know, they'll have to buy all these airplanes that, uh, and tanks and blah, blah, weapons and stuff that have all been um, 
produced by the people who actually lent the people the money to go and send their children across the world to murder and die their way around the world. And you start to see that every single thing in this planet is controlled by this empire. Um, and there's just no way that the financial markets, which are the, the biggest thing in the world, are not run by the empire. And they are. And once you start seeing that, you'll start to understand um, how the market actually works. Now, a lot of people will think that the market works in order to make people money. Well, no. And the market is absolutely controlled by the people who create all of the money. Now, these people create the yen, they create the dollar, they create the euro, they create the pound, they create every single currency. Oh, except for, let me see, what is it? There's, they don't create um, the currency in Oh, where is it? Iran. Yes, that's right. North Korea, they don't create their currency. And Cuba. Now, they are the last three places to be invaded or befriended um, uh, before they have absolute control over every currency. But for now, for all the other currencies, they create them and they create them out of absolutely nothing. They are also the ones that manipulate the market. They manipulate the price of everything. Now, you could say to yourself that they want to do this in order to make money. Now, they actually don't want to do this in order to make money because they already make all of the money on Earth, except for three currencies, out of nothing. They make it out of thin air. What they want to do is to take the money off everybody else. It's important to have the world in debt, and they want to... Um, uh, they want to give everybody as much misery, misery as they possibly can. So their job isn't about making money. It's just about taking everybody else's money. And, of course, then there's all these uh, criminal enterprises and whatnot and, and terrorist organizations and stuff that, um, that need funding as well. So they'll tell them when to jump in on these trades and so on and so forth and make money for themselves that way so that they're not directly involved in it. Uh, but essentially, the people who run the market, and they run it so brilliantly, um, they do it not to make money, just to take it from everybody else. Now, in doing that, um, they have these methods. They've been using the same methods for years and years, um, hundreds of years, in fact, to manipulate the markets. And it's been working so well for them, they haven't had to change it very much at all. Um, a few years ago, the internet came out and it made it so much easier for them to get everybody on earth uh, excited about online trading. It's now possible to do it from your home. And it's brilliant for them in that they will have you losing your life savings in absolutely no time at all. Um, so great for them. Now, also... Um, when I started out trading, it was only, I think, 2010 or something like that. Nearly every broker on earth at that stage was a bucket shop. And, okay, there are a lot fewer bucket shops now than there were, but um, they still have the same tools. They still offer you all of the same indicators and whatnot to keep your eye off the charts. Um, now, there's nothing good about these indicators at all. They're simply there so that you don't look at what's important. What is important is the history of price. It is uh, what they have done, where they have um, faked out, gotten people into trades, going in the right direction, and then faked out a little bit to uh, make them think that their trade isn't working, and they take their stops. 
remember, taking their stops is the most important thing because they don't want to win, they just want everybody else to lose. Um, so we look at where stops were taken in the past and we wait uh, when we want to do it right. We've got no indicators or anything like that. We simply have a line and a rectangle across the screen. Uh, we um, follow what they're doing, the, the institutional traders who run the market. We simply have to um, wait for them to do their thing. Uh, our only trick is to look for tricks that are, be- tricks that are being played into areas where tricks were played in the past. Now, that is what I came up with um, in all these years of uh, trading. Um, If you're ever looking for a method to trade, just look for tricks being played into places where tricks were played in the past. That's it. Um, And that is how you make a trading method, and that is how you will get extremely high returns in trading. Now, to say that in words means, um, it kind of means everything, but, you know, uh, to understand what that means, it's kind of like, you know, the book, um, what is it? Uh, Learn to play guitar in three easy lessons and 188 really difficult lessons. Um, Right. (laughs) <laughs> so yes um being able to um uh, to define how to trade in in an easy sentence like that you know it's it's very simple but there's a lot you have to learn to be able to make it so simple um so yeah for years now i have been able to predict where price is going to turn i mean for months uh, months in advance i can say all right just look at this place and price is going to bounce hard from there um And, you know, you wait a few months and and then price comes along to that place and it turns from exactly where you said it was going to turn. And it's really simple to be able to do that because um, you know what's happening in the market. You have the place in history where tricks were played before and you just see that a trick is being played. I mean, okay, my students, I got them to look at an area a few months ago on crude. Uh, I didn't even ask them where to look exactly, or I didn't tell them where to look on crude. I said, okay, where is the next place to look for uh, crude oil? Where is the, the next brilliant trade on that that's going to be massive? So the students came back and they showed me their zones and they all picked out the same place. Um, and I was very happy with them for that. They were able to do that. And um, in that place, there's this little zone which is... Uh, 10 pips wide and price hit that little zone and um, since then it hasn't turned back Uh, right now let me see Um, let me just open up this no there's no need to even open up this at the moment because i know where price is at from that 10 pip zone on crude price is still running away from it it got to its main target um actually last week i think it was and it went 2800 uh, pips so that is 280 times reward uh, to risk um now when i say risk reward i usually just use the term r so that's 280 r so if you risk two percent of your account on that trade uh, you're going to make 560% um, of your account in profit. So you'll, you'll over-sextuple your account just from this one trade. And I love that stuff. I absolutely love those trades where you don't have to be a trader to be a trader. Because, um, you know, 
Most people will think that if you're going to be a trader, you've got to be sitting at the chart all day and you've got to be taking trades here and taking trades there. And you've got to be taking 30 trades a day. Otherwise, you're not a real trader. Well, that's just rubbish. And and I hate that mentality so much. Now, I was of that mentality myself while I was learning this stuff, while I was learning how the market works. Uh, I would take 30 trades a day easy. Um, but, you know, that's because I was, I was fine-tuning my craft and, you know, honing it and making it perfect. And, and I wasn't absolutely certain of myself. Um, I started making money, I think, after about six months of trading. And, you know, I, I knew enough to actually make money. I knew enough to, to multiply my account. But I didn't know enough at the time to actually understand every single thing about the market. That took a little while longer. And, you know, I'm still learning little bits and pieces as I go. Uh, But at that time, I was trading all day, every day. And, you know, you make 40% of your account in the morning, and that's absolutely brilliant. But you burn yourself out in doing that. And, you know, everybody who takes up trading, they do it in order to have a life not necessarily in order to make money. Now, yes, I've made loads of traders who, um, you know, they they now live by the money river. All they have to do is dip their bucket into the river and, you know, pull out loads, a bucket full of money from the money river. It does exist. uh, The money river does exist uh, and we live beside it. Now, it's brilliant for some people to just be able to make a giant pile of money on the side of the river, you know, throwing their bucket in, pulling it out and, you know, making lots and lots of money. That's, That's great for them. Um, now, I'm kind of a different person. I, I rather be the, you know, the tortured artist type. So I have this rusty old bucket, which is more whole than bucket. And uh, whenever I'm getting broke, I, I take a little trade. And there you go. The bucket fills up again. And that's fine. And don't even think about money again until you've got no money left. And then you take another trade. And then, you know, you, you've got your money back again and, and on and on. Uh, some people will try and do it to get very rich. And some of my students are very rich. And then, you know, a lot of my students still really poor and they'll never, ever, ever get it. Um, because, you know, you can teach somebody exactly how the market works, but if they're of a gambling personality, they're never going to be able to make it work. Um, I absolutely hate gamblers trying to be traders. Because, um, you know, a gambler always wants to lose. I'm not exactly a gambler myself, so I don't, I don't know the mentality of a gambler. But I do know that gamblers lose. And even if they have the best system in the world, what their mentality wants them to do is lose. Um, so gamblers can't become good traders, but those guys that I have taught, um, who, who aren't gamblers, they're just absolutely brilliant and you don't hear from them. Um, they, they, they just live their lives and they wouldn't even consider themselves to be traders because what they are, are people that, you know, they, they live on holiday. So, um, they wouldn't say they're traders. They just say they're retired. And, you know, that is the way to be as a trader. Just be retired. Uh, Don't try and be a trader. Just try and not have to think about money. Just, you know, live and exist. And it's a nice way to be. It really is a nice way to be. It takes a while to actually get there. And it takes, you know, quite a long time uh, for a lot of people to actually get out of the, the mentality of being a retailer. Now, 
Most traders are retailers, of course, and they do exactly what they're told. They go to places like Baby Pips or they, they look at the threads on Forex Factory and, and um, they love uh, common knowledge. Now, common knowledge is, you know, it's, it's something like when price is ranging, you're always going to sell the top of the range with your stop loss just beyond that. And you'll buy the, um, the bottom of a range with your stop loss beyond that. Now, why do you know that you can do that? And why do you know that you should, should do that? Well, I know that I should do that, they say, because everybody does it. All right. So everybody puts their cells at the top of a range and they have their stop loss beyond there. Right. Now, everybody does that. Does everybody do that? Do the people who run the market do that? Or do they know that you're going to be selling the top of a range with your stop losses just beyond the high of the range? Well, the guys who run the market, they will, and they know exactly where people are entering because they know common knowledge. They know common knowledge extremely well. They know that, um, that the retailers' entries are there at the, at the double high, at the double top, and that their stops are beyond that. So all they have to do in order to... Um, uh, in order to have done a good day's work, is just break that range, take those stop losses, uh, make everybody um, go broke through their uh, common knowledge, and um, and just carry on. Now, it's the same with supply and demand. Everybody knows that with supply and demand, you sell at supply and you put your stop loss beyond the high of your supply. You put your stop loss beyond the low of demand. Well, when everybody's doing that and it's common knowledge, then, you know, Supply and demand will work sometimes, but they're actually set up to fail most of the time. And where do they fail? I mean, people who, um, who trade in supply and demand, you'll forever hear this sob story that they got in at supply, they, they entered in supply, they sold, and then price broke supply and, and took their stop loss, and, and then it shot for 2,000 pips in the direction they wanted to trade. You hear that all the time. So many supply and demand traders will say that. And, and it just took my stop loss and then it turned. Now, where are you going to put your stop loss the next time? Well, I'm going to put it just beyond supply where I'm told to put it. Really? Now, what happens half the time or most of the time when you actually put your stop loss just beyond supply? Well, it hits my stop loss and then it goes for 2,000 pips, 2,000 pips in the direction I wanted. Yeah. That's not by accident. But, you know, people are still told in, in these forums and whatnot, this is what you do. So if I'm to give advice to anybody at all about uh, becoming a great trader, it's go to Baby Pips and find out how they trade there with their Fibonacci levels and their supply and demand. And, and go to Forex Factory and learn all the rubbish that they have there and find the most popular stuff that you can there. Uh, because the most popular stuff is the stuff which, you know, it works sometimes. And it works sometimes so that people will keep using it. I mean, you might go to a Fibonacci thread and every once in a while somebody will say, oh, look, price got up to the 61.8% retrace on this and it turned absolutely perfectly. And wow, people will think, oh my golly, this Fibonacci stuff must work. So I'm going to put in my entry at the Fibonacci levels in future and, uh, and I'm going to be rich. And of course, what's going to happen um, is, you know, the guys who, who run the market, they don't trade by Fibonacci, but 
every once in a while, they're going to throw a uh, fib on the chart and they're going to say, OK, well, what we're going to do is we're going to bring price towards the 61.8 uh, retrace here. And then we're going to um, uh, we're going to make it look like it worked. So we're going to bounce it off the, the 61.8 and then start in a lower scale, start a little uh, trend going in the direction away from it. And then, of course, people will see now we've got the bounce from the, the uh, Fibonacci and now we've got a trend going in the direction we want to go. So we're going to start trading on this trend. We know the price has turned from there. And that's it. People are in. And the guys who run the market, they know that these people are in. They've given them exactly the right excuse to get in because common knowledge says that this is what you're supposed to do. So all they have to do is give you the chance to get back in. They'll retrace price back up towards the 61.8. Even start another little trend back down as it gets towards it just to let people um, know that this is absolutely working. Then they just have to pop price past the 61.8, take everybody's stop losses and go about their business again. It's really simple. Just... Uh, you know, it's oh, the the market is a microcosm of all of society, really, um, and, and you know, people love to do what the rest of the herd does, and the herd is simply a herd of cash cows. They are simply there to lose their money um, to the institutional traders who run the market. Everything that you know about the market is simply there so that you will lose your money in the end. It's it's very sad to see it, but that's just the way it is. Um, but you know, your religions are going to tell you to always turn the other cheek and the meek will inherit the earth and whatnot. And, you know, all of this is just propaganda and propaganda is, it's the biggest uh, ruler of people um, in history. And the uh, the financial market is no different from any other um any other religion or or part of society in that it is absolutely controlled by propaganda. The education um, is totally um, wrong as well. Of course, it's all miseducation that we get from pretty much anybody and everybody. Everything that we're told might work every once in a while, and it's supposed to work every once in a while, but overall it always fails because... um, It's all controlled by these people. These people know exactly what you're going to be doing. They know exactly where your entry is going to be on everything. And they know exactly where your stop loss is going to be. And, of course, they have this high-frequency trading that they use so that they can eat up every single stop loss that there is in a zone without actually moving price. That's without, you know, shooting price away with no liquidity um, or with no momentum. Uh, They can simply gather up every single stop loss that's there. It doesn't have to make a massive spike in price at all because they will measure their orders against what orders are there in that zone and they'll take price away then. Um, So they can do an awful lot of work at taking every single stop loss that there is around without you even seeing it happening. I am rambling here, aren't I? I oh, it's, it's great stuff. And it, <laughs> it's great stuff. I've got to say, it's, it's, we've never had an interview like this before. So, um, And I've done 100 and, oh, I don't know, it's probably 140-odd now, if not more. Let's call it 150. <laughs> so, so this is, um, this is, this is quite unique. And I've got like, I had about 15 questions before and they've all gone now because I think you've answered most of them. But um, oh, one, thing yes. I was gonna, one thing I was going to ask you was, how did you get to this theory 
what was the um, what was sort of was it a, as part of your life you, you you eventually got to this empire theory or um was there something you read or just a combination of things how did you work that out oh golly i i should think that my job title would be a rabbit hole explorer um i <laughs> I've been researching, you know, having a, being a trader and whatnot uh, gave me an awful lot of time to, uh, to do whatever the hell I wanted. So I started researching things. Um, and, of course, I'm not stupid as well, which is a, a great way of actually learning things is to actually be intelligent. Now, that's, <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, the big thing was, as I say, seeing those towers come down um, and, of course, seeing World Trade Center 7 come down. Um, there was, I think, a cabinet was on fire in this skyscraper, and then all of a sudden it came down at, um, at um, an acceleration greater than G, you know? It's uh, very odd how that happened. And um, when you start realizing that um, the American government is going to murder thousands of its people simply so that they can create a... Um, a, a massive task force against its own people. Um, it can um, militarize its police. It can uh, butt in on everybody's internet um, conversations. And it can go off and destroy other countries around the world. It can say, okay, uh, this country did that, this country bombed us, so, um, uh, so let's go off and bomb it, and bomb its neighbors as well. You know, it was exactly like um, Hitler burning down the Reichstag um, and saying it was the communists so that, or saying it was the Russians so that they'd go off to war with the Russians. Um, and then I, I'm in Vietnam now, and it was the same thing in the, the Gulf of Chiang... Chiang oh, sorry, I've got a cold and I'm forgetting things. The Gulf of Chongqing. No, what the name of it? Well, you know that thing that got America into the Vietnam War anyway, where they had this... Um, this destroyer off the coast in Vietnam, they yeah. told it to uh, turn itself around in circles and start firing missiles off um, at random and pretend that it was in, um, in a, a fight with um, a Vietnamese uh, vessel. There was no Vietnamese vessel there whatsoever. They just got it to, to look like it was in a fight. And then they said, OK, we're sending men into Vietnam. Um, and you see all of these lies um, that have been... Um, uh, that, that have caused all these wars that we've got. And, and, you know, you've got to ask yourself with any of this rubbish, well, who profits from it? Well, it's the people who back both sides of the war that profit from it. And then you find out that the people that back both sides of the war, you go looking into it and you find out that they're the ones um, that own the, um, uh, they own the, the weapons um, companies, they own Halliburton um, and they own the news, of course, which dictates how people feel about um, all of these false flags and whatnot. And, and you see that it, it all is under the absolute control of the emperor. Now, people don't even know that we've got an emperor, um, but we do have an emperor. And, um, you know, he's, he's got this lovely personality now. And, and the, the newspapers and magazines say that he spends most of his time in his chocolate shop now and he loves eating chocolate. Um, and he's a lovely old gentleman, and his name is, um, what is his name? Oh, his name is Evelyn, of course. Um, our Emperor Evelyn loves chocolate. But he also loves uh, causing the death of billions of people uh, on the planet. Um, but that's not important, because nobody knows that. Um, so, yeah, we have this empire, and... 
this empire runs the markets. The market is absolutely enormous. Um, the, the value of the market is, I think the value of the market with all its derivatives and all its indices and whatnot, it's actually more than the value of the planet Earth. If everybody was to sell everything that they have and, and you sold all of the minerals on the planet and sold everything on Earth, it wouldn't be, the Earth wouldn't be as valuable as the derivatives market. And the derivatives market is owned and controlled by the Rothschilds and their, uh, their few friends. I mean, uh, you see the Rothschilds, they, they're not on the rich list. They, they never appear on the Forbes rich list, but it seems the earth is worth, everything on the earth is worth, I think it is, oh God, somewhere around, uh, my brain doesn't work perfectly when I'm sick, but either 0.17 of a quadrillion dollars or else it's worth point. 275, something like that, of a quadrillion dollars. But the Rothschilds own 1.25 quadrillion dollars, which is three or four times what the actual Earth is worth. Now, how one family can own three or four times the value of a planet, uh, it, it just seems odd. But, you know, debt is there. Debt is uh, far more than um, our actual money, uh, the debt on the planet uh, and just the, the interest on it and whatnot. That There's not enough money on the planet. In fact, there's not enough anything on the planet to pay back the debt which is in the planet. Uh, so we're kind of screwed in that respect. Um, I, I know that is digressing an awful lot, but anybody who actually wants to know about our planet should have a little uh, look at the idea of money equals debt. You'll realize that um, the debt that's in the planet cannot be paid off by the planet, even by selling the planet and everything on it, you can't pay off this debt. Um, and all this debt, of course, is uh, based upon money which was created out of nothing by the people that um, run the market and that cause all the wars and, um, and you know and these people they're simply evil um, so we love to, to live and work in the trading market but you know it's the most evil place on earth um, so you know when you start seeing that you'll start looking at how they get people to send their children away to murder their way around the world um, and actually borrow money to send their children to go and murder their way around the world and to die around the world you'll start seeing that it's all based on the manipulation of emotions. Now, I was really good at um, working out how this trading thing worked. In a, in a technical sense, I was uh, very good at working it out. But I got really, really good at working it out once I started seeing it in a psychological sense. Now, there are a few um, triggers in the market which are exactly the same triggers as you've got in the rest of society. Um, you've got opportunity um, and you've got fake opportunity. Um, people are shown, all right, we've got price coming up to the top of a range. So um, the opportunity is coming for us to make money because when price gets to the top of the range, we're going to be able to sell it. Okay, that's the opportunity. Now, price gets to the top of the range and then it bounces a little bit from it. Now, the people who got in at the top of the range, um, through the education that they were given, they're happy. 
price is now bouncing in the direction that they wanted it to go. And they're really excited and they're really proud of themselves that they got in at the top of this range. So um, let's say it's on the daily. It's a daily uh, range. Um, it comes up and, and then you see on the M15 chart, there's this little downtrend that's being made. Um, price is compressing downwards. It's got uh, lower lows and lower highs as it goes. And that's great. Um, you have the people who got in at the top selling. They're, they're absolutely delighted with themselves, very proud of themselves. Now, um, as price retraces, of course, they get a little bit uh, stressed out because they were in good profit. And now as price retraces, their profit goes down a little bit. And, you know, there's a little bit of worry in there. But overall, the trend is still uh, going with them on this scale. Fine. Now, um, uh, what do you do? You bring price up even higher. You, you break um, uh, one supply on the way up. And that actually stresses out the people who were nicely in profit getting in at the top for being so clever. But that's great for other people who didn't get in at the top because now price is coming back and it's retracing uh, further and further. And it's going to let your supply and demand traders get in. Um, so price comes back up towards the supply uh, that's just been created. And um, it lets people get in then um, on the supply of that. And then you can make a little downtrend again in your, your low scales. And everybody who got in on the supply then is happy. Now, the people who got in at the double top, who got in at the top of the range, they had to sit through all of this uh, retrace that was going on. And that's very stressful for them to see their profit turning against them. And it's coming back towards their break even. That's hard for them. Now, they are uh, really happy to see price come up to supply and bounce from supply there so that it's going in their direction again. They've had their, their moment of pride uh, and joy at getting in. Then they've had their, um, you know, their egos raised by price going in their direction so well. Then they've had to suffer a little bit through the retrace to let the, um, the supply uh, traders get back in. And now they're able to settle down again as price is going back in their direction. Now, what they are told is to uh, leave their stops beyond the range. So the high that was just made, they'll have their stop beyond that high. Your supply traders who've just gotten in, they are going to have their supply just above that high or their stop loss just above that high as well. Because everybody knows that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put your stop loss beyond the range or you're supposed to put your stop loss beyond supply. And price is going in the right direction for the supply traders. Now you're going to bring price back up again a little bit. Let some more supply traders get in. Tiny little um, downtrend in the M1 or M5 or something like that. Create that. And then bring price up past the range, past the high. Uh, you're going to bring it and take all of the stops from the range traders. You're going to take the stops from the supply traders. You're going to get breakout buyers in who see that price has just broken out of a range. And once it's broken out of a range uh, upwards, of course, it's going to hit the sky and nothing's going to stop it. So you'll take those stop losses and then you can turn price down straight from there because you have the stop losses of the range traders, you have the stop losses of the supply traders, and then you have the breakout buyers in 
and you can plummet price down then because you've got everybody trading in the right direction. And that's the wonderful thing about this market is they will get you trading in the right direction and they'll even give you the signals as to what they're going to do next. Um, but you don't think that they're going to break that high and you're so afraid of, of uh, being stupid and doing what you were told not to do and um, you were told to have that stop loss there so that's where your stop loss is because you know that everybody else has their stop loss right there above that range um, so if everybody else's stop loss is there then that's exactly where yours should be as well because you're part of the herd so you've got to have your stop loss there and that's just rubbish the way my people trade is we're stop loss traders we see what everybody else is doing uh, we see what they've been taught we know exactly how they trade we know exactly where the masses are going to put their uh, buy orders their sell orders their stops we know exactly where they're going to put them and we wait until price takes their stops and then we get in that's how we can get i mean most of our trades will be 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or you know and uh, 40R is pretty simple. You'll get that a few times a day if you look for it. So, you know, you risk 2%, you get 80% of your account back. That can happen a number of times a day. Now, that only comes from understanding what it is that everybody else thinks. Um, so, uh, you go to anybody who educates about the market and has a good following, and you'll see where he tells people to put in his entries and to put in their, their stop losses. That's it. Um, you simply wait until their stop losses are hit and then you enter. And it's, it's really as simple as that. Now, the uh, guys who run the market, I, you know, I say that they are there. They're running the market simply to make everybody else lose. Now, they have to actually get people to get into the market um, in order to take their money. So... Um, they have to make it look like it's actually possible to make money in the market. Now, in order to do that, there needs to be some sort of consistency in the way the actual chart looks. I mean, if a chart looks absolutely, or if every chart looks totally different and everything happens totally randomly, everybody's going to be petrified of the market and nobody's going to get in. So you've got to make it look like these things, um, you know, support and resistance. You've got to make that work sometimes so that people will see, okay, support and resistance, that might work, or supply and demand, that might work, or um, Fibonacci, that might work as well. So they have to make it look like they're there is possibly some consistency in it. Well, there is a certain amount of consistency in it um, in, the, in trying to make it look like there's consistency there. They go to the same places over and over again with price. And uh, they've been doing it for hundreds of years and they always make everybody lose. They, and, you know, pretty much everybody loses in the long run in trading unless they are the actual guys who are in control of the market or the guys like us who actually know what the guys in control, in control of the market are actually doing. They will bring price to the same places uh, over and over and over again, and they'll use the same uh, tricks over and over again to get people to hand over their stop losses at these places. Uh, we have six places that we look for price to turn, um, and price always turns at one of these six places. It just always does. Very simple. Um, 
And it's simply in order to make it look like there is consistency in the market. Um, most people don't see it, though. Um, the best places that we try and um, take our trades are where nobody else will actually see. It's just utterly invisible. And we go to these tiny zones that are only a few pips wide, but they've been set up years in advance to actually work. And we can take gigantic trades from them. Absolutely love these things. I mean, it is brilliant to be able to read the market um, I mean, with with such success, um, my traders they they don't tend to lose um, if they if they're taught properly and um, and they stick to their rules. They're going to get ninety percent winners, ninety five ninety nine percent winners uh, winning trades, and they're going to get good returns on each of their trades as well. Uh, but of course, if they get into the gambling mentality or they try and do some trading while while something's going on in their lives and they're not focused properly, they're going to start losing. Um, but generally, the, the win rates on, on these zones are absolutely phenomenal. And when you're getting, you know, 40R back or in the last trades case, 280R back, you don't have to do this very often. Um, you can just go and live your life and um, play your sports, do whatever it is you want to do, be an online gamer or something like that, whatever. But, you know, you can make massive returns by not being a trader. Um, rambling again, uh, Cam, because I do that. Right. I ramble so it, much. It's, it's great <laughs> stuff. I've got, I've got a couple of things I want to touch on. One is crypto and the other one is... Um, so where would you get out? So if you if you're looking for forty R or, or two hundred eighty R in the in the case you gave an example of, where would you get out? I mean, if you're looking, are you getting out on the opposing um, entry on the other side? If you know what I mean, of what you of where oh, you're wait for PA or? to go against you. Um, that is a brilliant way of doing it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, sometimes it's hard though because you don't get the retrace back. Um, now, okay, what I'll do is, um, at the end of this, we'll just, I'll, I'll actually show you this trade, because this is, it's phenomenally simple. Um, in this case, um, we use symmetry to get out of a trade, or to actually take the first bit of profit anyway. Um, and, you know, symmetry is a giant thing, and people don't know so much about it, and they don't really notice um, symmetry as it happens, but... It happens all the time, and it's it's amazing. Um, so, um, yes, you can wait for PA to go against you, or you can uh, take everything at first target. I mean, that's that could be brilliant as well, taking everything at first target. Um, but, you know, if you give... Um, uh, give a trade a chance to actually run as far as you imagine it's going to run. More often than not, it will run all the way to there. And... Now, I'm a big lover of not caring what happens to price after it's, you know, quintupled or sextupled your account. Just who cares after that? <laughs> like, uh, you got in at the right place. Um, price turned exactly where you got in. You weren't in drawdown for five minutes. You weren't in drawdown for one minute. Um, 
you let the price run for however many minutes or hours or weeks or whatever it was. In this case, it's a few weeks that um, this trade has been going. It's made 280R. It's it's sextupled your account. So just get out at, at this target. It's like, fine, that's grand. <laughs> Don't be greedy. <laughs> if you had a, a 10,000 uh, euro account and it's just turned into a 60,000 uh, euro account because of this one trade, close it there let it go it's fine you know (laughs) um but you know exits can be hard because you might want it to go further and further and you don't know there are absolute definites in the market um we can take trades um having seen an engulf happen if the engulf hasn't hit its target it's going to hit its target before it will actually engulf the zone that it turned from. So you have an absolute definite there. You do not lose these trades. Um, so when you're dealing in definites, you know, there's a lot of confidence there. <laughs> um, you can always take some profit at first target. And that's what we tend to always do in my group is once price gets to uh, first target, you're going to take enough off your trade to actually cover any losses that you're going to have. Um, because you've got the definite here. You know that because price has engulfed this zone here, that it's going to get to the next one before it can break where it came from. So you, um, once price gets there, you take off enough to actually cover the unknown. You don't know if price is actually going to go much further than your first target or if it's actually going to turn at your first target and then come and keep going in the direction it was going, keep going towards your stop. Now, you don't want to have been nicely in profit um, and have seen price go to your first target and then come back and take out your stop loss. That's a horrible thing. But if at that first um, target you've taken out enough to actually cover your stop, um, that means that whatever happens with the trade, you cannot lose it. That's brilliant. It it gives you an awful lot of freedom and, uh, and takes an awful lot of stress out of trading um, that you just stick with the definite and the definite that you've got makes sure that you're not going to lose any trade then uh, you can let price go towards its its final target you know its dream target but if it hits the stop loss in the meantime then that's fine you haven't lost anything because you took enough at the first target to cover stops of course i can't really get into detail on how to exactly do that because it takes me a good year to teach a student how to do this so one interview isn't going to cover that i'm afraid no. um, and so so on, on that i mean how long does it take someone to master this approach um some people it'll never work for them never ever ever uh, and I have to be honest about that. You know, this, this stuff about guaranteed returns and blah, blah, blah. Some people will never, ever get it, um, even though they know exactly how to do it, uh, because they do stupid things uh, and they, um, they don't picture everything. You know, there, as I say, this is um, three easy lessons and 188 difficult lessons. Uh, you have to be able to see all aspects of the market at once. And if you're the personality that can actually see it all at once um uh, you know those um uh, those optical illusion thingies with the you know the old lady oh, who's also a pretty girl and, and that oh, sort no, of no, thing no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you can see things one way or you can see it the other way or you can see it another way 
what you really have to do is be able to see it every way at once. If you're a person who can see all of these images at once, then you're going to be a brilliant trader. You're just, you're not going to miss anything. Uh, if you have trouble seeing all of these images at once, then, you know, it might not be right for you. <laughs> um, because there's an awful lot to take into account. Once you know it and it becomes instinctive, um, it is very, very simple. To make it instinctive, can, it takes a lot of time. However, there's an awful lot of chart work in it. I mean, you know the, uh, the four stages of learning um, something? Um, no. Uh, if you can get through those. Well, you know, you start with um, unconscious incompetence, where you don't know what it is that you don't know. Um, so you know nothing really. And then you learn a little bit and then you get to um, conscious incompetence, which is where you actually know what it is that you don't know. Then you'll learn some more and you'll get to conscious competence where you actually know what you're doing, but you have to be able to focus and you have to point yourself in the right direction all the time. You have to think about what you're doing in order to do it right all the time. You have to actually try and put all the pieces in place. Um, that gets you nearly there, but that's not going to be um, enough to actually make you an instinctive trader. To be an instinctive trader and to see everything at once and to always be able to make it work, you need to be unconsciously competent. It's where you can do it with your eyes closed. You don't have to think about what you're doing. You don't even remember the rules of how to do it. You just see it all and it's right there in front of you. Um, it can take a long time to get to that stage. Um, you know, people say that um, trading is brilliant at, at getting rich quick. I mean, it is once you put in a lot of, an awful lot of time into learning one of the most difficult things there is for a human to learn. Um, once you have proven that you can learn the most difficult thing on earth to learn, then, of course, you make it look easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's certainly not for everybody. If you're the right person for it, um, I could teach you in six months to be, um, well, you know, I can teach you in 10 minutes to be profitable. It's not difficult to be profitable in this. But to always be profitable, to always make the right call every single time, that can take six months, that can take a year to learn. And I absolutely hate gambling. I, I'm no big lover of it at all. I wouldn't even think of putting my own money into the market until I knew exactly how the, the market works uh, because I was stupid enough to spend 10 grand on this stupid indicator system so long ago. I, I've paid my dues. Now I know not to put any money in and nobody should ever, ever put real money into the market until they can prove that they're consistently profitable and that they're profiting on pretty much every trade that they take. Otherwise, why bother, you know? And people say... Um, I'm going to digress again, but people say that um, trading in demo isn't real. It's not the same as trading in, in real money. Well, isn't that great? Yeah, you can save yourself 10 grand by trading in demo, but treat it like it's real. This isn't about the, the money at all. What you need to do is be consistently profitable. Um, and, and profit isn't about money. Profit is keeping your drawdown to the minimum, having no drawdown preferably, understanding exactly what's going on in the market all the time. And if you don't understand what's go going on in the market, stay the hell out of the market. But it's only trading what you understand. Now, you're not going to understand anything any better 
by learning using real money, you will understand the market better by actually going through the history of price and actually finding out how it works. Be able to read the story of price, what's happening here and what's happening there, and where were the big milestones in price, uh, and, and finding out what happened at these big milestones here, where stop loss is taken at these big, big places, and, and looking back and finding out how price reacts to these places. and. And learning it all for yourself. I mean, if you get in on a trade and, okay, you're only starting to learn how to trade. So you've got, let's say, a a micro account or something. You put $500 in just to learn how to trade. Now, what you are doing by, um, by trading your way around that is you're getting yourself into this trade. And you're watching it for hours or days. Or sometimes you're watching it for weeks. And what are you doing? You're learning maybe one setup. Whereas if you weren't trading at all and you were just looking at the history of price and saying, okay, if I had traded there um, and this happened and that happened, then what would have happened? Would I have won? Would I have lost? How would I have managed that? In the hours or or days that you had spent um, just watching this one stupid trade on your micro account, you could have learned 100 different setups um, that had already happened in history. Um, so, you know, trying to do all this live is great once you actually understand the history of price. See, I told you, I digress so much. It's, it's really hard to keep me in line, Cam. I'm really sorry yeah, about I, that. Yeah, and I'm, I haven't got through any of my questions, but I don't really care because it's been an absolutely fantastic interview. Although there's been no interviewing going on. <laughs> it's yeah, just, you, you interview me for a while. Let's have a go at that. Let's see how we go. Okay, well, look, um, pull, I'll, pull me back in whenever you want, though, yeah, okay? Because, you know, I just, I just go. I, I want to know about um, your thoughts on cryptocurrencies, and given the fact you've got this sort of, you know, this theory of the market and theory of the world, which, you know, I, I've seen the you know, 9-11 um, conspiracy videos, and I've got to say, I, I was, well, I, it's been a long time since I watched it, probably over 10 years, if not longer, and... Gotcha, gotcha. I, I was, so I, I, I was convinced completely about it being a, mm-hmm. a, a have at the time, and I've just sort of, you know, I, I don't really give it that much attention now but um what about cryptocurrency and how that's disrupting all this um this empire what are your views on that well um you see cryptocurrency um we're we're going to start i think we're we're going to be talking about bitcoin here aren't we that was the the big deal making all the the bitcoin thousand heirs um yeah, Bitcoin started out, and that came out before the empire cryptocurrency came out. And I think we have some um, empire cryptocurrencies which are created and and controlled by the um, by the Rothschild Group. Um, but you which know, you had to pave so, the way. Which ones are they? Oh golly, I don't know. I really, I'm always the last oh, okay. to know anything about these things. I'm a I'm a big picture person rather than I'm yeah, a, yeah. a current affairs person. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. We saw that Bitcoin took off and it did really well. And then, you know, the empire, the um, Rothschilds and and his banker friends and whatever, they saw this come out and they thought, wow, that's that's brilliant. Okay, Um, we should have been the first ones to get in on this. So what did they do? They started, um, you could say they started buying up Bitcoin. Now, buying and selling means absolutely nothing to these. It's longing and shorting. That's all that happens on the market. And... um, you know we've got to we've got to understand that there's a massive difference between longing and shorting and buying and selling um so they started longing on this 
and uh, bringing its value up and up and up and up and up and up. Uh, and yes, it was something that they didn't control or they didn't create, so they weren't in full control of it. But, you know, you can control the value of anything by um, longing or shorting it on the market. So what did they do? They started um, buying it and buying it and buying it, bring the price way, way up. Now, why did they do this? Because they were getting their own currencies ready to bring out. And um, once the price of Bitcoin had gone through the roof, then they're ready and set to, um, to bring out their own currency. And um, everybody's going to want to get in on that on the ground floor while it's cheap. So... Um, the way to make it really exciting for people to buy um, the new currencies coming out is to show that Bitcoin was absolutely magnificent and see how well that did. And, and tell everybody, look, this is going to be just the same as Bitcoin. You buy it from us and um, it's going to be brilliant for you. So um, their currency has already come out, I'm sure. There's loads of um, cryptos out now. And um, once... These guys, once their currency has caught up with Bitcoin, they're just going to crash Bitcoin out of the market. They're going to uh, short it until it no longer exists anymore because it's it's not their currency. And they have done an awful lot to uh, make sure that they are in control of every currency on the planet. So they're going to uh, obliterate every single uh, uh, cryptocurrency that wasn't created and controlled by them. Um, so that's why Bitcoin went up so much, simply to get people interested in their one. And then they're going to obliterate Bitcoin. They're going to obliterate all of the competition um, so that all that's left is theirs. Um, and it'll be just like every other um, uh, currency that's out there. And, and I mean, this whole currency uh, exchange thing, is, it's such a load of crap. It really is such a load of crap. Um, each of these currencies is created out of nothing by the same people. And its value is manipulated by the same people. Now, if you're making a few products, why do you have um, one of them outselling another and one of them being more valuable than the other? And then it switches around and it turns around. And what was the most valuable is now the least valuable. And now it starts becoming more valuable again. When they're all essentially the same product and they're all made by you, why do you have them competing against each other? You have them competing against each other because people are betting on which way they're going to go next. And you're going to be taking their bets and making sure that they lose on all of it. So, you know, I, I, I hate these people. I absolutely despise these people, but they've got it wrapped up so well. <laughs> it, it's, it's just amazing. And that was me digressing again. Um, cryptocurrencies, if it's an empire currency, it's going to be around for a while. Um, if it's not, it's going to be given some value and then obliterated. Um, simple okay. as that. That's interesting because, uh, yeah, cause my last guest on the show, he was saying that Bitcoin will probably just keep going past a thousand down. Um, and some, oh, yeah, it's going to flatline. And he didn't say, he didn't, yeah, he didn't say in that way. He sort of said, it, like, in terms of, um, in actual fact, I don't even know if it's going to be 
you got you actually might be out before him. But anyway, he he was sort of saying that it's it's gonna you know the, the institutions will come up with their own one, which I'm think you know change that out for the empire, and I think you've got your uh, your analogy there yeah. right as well. So yes, um, yes. so look right, let's get into the um, quick fire round here, and yeah. then we'll we'll jump on um a, a screen sharing session and and have a look at this trade you were talking about. Right, so sure. let's let's get in with it. So um you answered the first one. How long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? I think it was six months. You said, wasn't it? I think six months, something like that. Yeah. What's your mental approach to trading, and do you have any special techniques you can share with us for those gamblers that are listening to the show? Uh, yes, I have a giant um, uh, psychology section in my course, and it says, "Do not add to a losing trade, and do not risk more than two percent per trade." That's it. Okay. Simple rules. And how? And I suppose the question is that that's that's the rules. How do you? How is there any? Are there any tips for the students not to break them? Have you got any? any oh, absolutely! Oh, golly! I mean, when you're going to take a trade, you have to have explained before you take that trade what it is that you're actually doing in the market, why it is you want to take that trade, um, what it is you expect from that trade. Now, what it is you're guaranteed. Um, to get from that trade and then what you'd expect after that. You know, um, if you want a price to turn and bounce, let's say, 200 pips, that's fine. But you also see it might go for 2,500 pips. So give yourself the expectation, not the expectation, but give it yourself the chance to make money off it going further than it's actually supposed to. Because as I said, there is, there's your definite amount of pips that you're going to get from a trade but then it could go further or it could come back and take your stop. So um, you have got to draw out all the scenarios of what can happen to price. And, you know, it's, it's really easy uh, to look at price and to get your pen out and draw what's going to happen next with it. Well, it's either going to do this or it's going to do that. You draw the scenarios of what it is that's going to happen with price. And then you've got to have plans set up for uh, what to happen or what to do in either of these or in any of these scenarios. And then, of course, you've got to report back to yourself once the trade has been made. I mean, a trade is a big deal um, and you should treat it like a big deal. And you should not just jump on a trade uh, without understanding it and without, um, you know, fully planning it first. So there's a, there's a lot in making out your trade plan. There's a lot in keeping yourself honest with yourself and being accountable to yourself. Um, so, yeah, once your trade is running, you should even be keeping in your journal what it is that's happening with it and how it is comparing to your predictions for it. Uh, and uh, once the trade, uh, once you've taken some profit out of it, you put that in your journal. Well, here's price where I took profit. And, you know, remain accountable all the time. And then once uh, you've actually gone flat on the trade, you will put in your final thoughts on the trade where it is that you got out. You, you've got charts um, for all of this. All the markings are there on what you've done in each of these trades. And then you're going to come back to it later on. You're going to come back to it months later, weeks later, whenever it is where the whole of that story of price has resolved. Whenever that chapter is closed, you'll come back and you'll, you'll see, you'll write in, give yourself advice on what you would do in future to get those extra pips out of it or to, um, um, yeah, pretty much to have uh, what you would do to have maximized your profits on this. And 
you know, accountability is everything. Just um, hitting by your cell at random is just, it's the sickest, horriblest thing. And if you're not going to keep a proper journal of everything that you do and you're not going to um, stick to your rules and everything you do, you might as well just, you know, go and give your... Um, and give all of your money to, to some beggar outside on the street, you know. Um, you're you're making yeah. better use of it. You've got to be accountable. Yeah, I'm thinking, I, I actually thought about that yesterday. In mm-hmm. fact, it was 2 o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep, and I was like, accountable. I need to be accountable, more accountable for, for my trading than, than uh, I car- currently am. And so I was actually thinking <laughs> I might actually start um, posting my trades on, on my social media and saying, look, here's... This is, you know, so that is my process is like, you guys are making me accountable. I'm forcing you guys to make me accountable because <laughs> yeah. otherwise... It, makes uh, it really yeah. makes a big difference. Now, of course, you're going to have that um, that paralysis before because, <laughs> you know, when you start to say... In fact, no, to start, don't do it for anybody. Um, uh, do it for somebody who's really close to you. All right, and let them see that. Somebody whom you trust oh, yeah. not to... Uh, not to ridicule you, let's say. Um, and yeah. first of all, you must be accountable to yourself. Uh, so even keeping a private journal, but making yourself keep that private journal and making yourself go through that journal regularly to see what it is that you've been doing is a good thing. Um, because if you're going to do it, if you're going to publicize it or yeah, publish it um, straight yeah. away, um, in the early stages of doing this, you're, you're going to be giving yourself a chance to kick yourself really hard in the ego. And, and you know, you need a certain yeah. amount of arrogance to be a trader. In fact, you need a lot of arrogance to be a trader. Um, so if you're going to um, be humbled by what you're doing straight away, you're, you're either going to stop doing it, you're going to stop publishing it, or you're going to paralyze yourself into not taking trades yeah so good point be your own judge be your own critic um and do be hard on yourself but be be honest with yourself um but kick your own ass if you do something which you hadn't planned now yeah. if you planned to do something and you do do it exactly the way you planned it and you make a loss on it that's fine. You, you know, it's a, a learning experience. Um, but you've got all the records of that trade. You've got everything before the trade happened. You've got everything during it. And you've got everything after it. And there's a lesson to be learned there from that. <laughs> and just ignoring it, ignoring your losses is the worst thing you can do in this. Um, for a start, it kind of means you don't care or you're going to pretend not to care. And you cannot pretend not to care. You just must not. Uh, you've got to care. Uh, because you know you do not want to be somebody who's doing this day in and day out all the time that's a horrible way to live um trading should be about those enormous trades those those absolutely massive killer trades that come up every once in a while a couple of times a year multiply your account walk away from them that's what you should really be aiming for um just the giant trades like i know the people love no, I'm digressing. Go on. Um, uh, yeah, yes. I, be no, accountable to yourself. Be totally accountable to yourself. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, right. What's your? I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip, skip through some of the ones you've already answered. So, um, what's one thing you would, you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering? What would it be? Why? And how could they go about mastering it? Um, I should think. Uh, look at the charts and ask yourself where everybody's stop losses are. 
Right. Cool. No, nice one. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Ooh, who would I rather rape me? Um, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, they're, they're all... Um, oh, yeah. Yes. You don't have um, okay. to say one if you, don't, an, if you don't want it. They're kind of an to. evil bunch. Um, I will. I will. I will. Okay. Um, a broker has to be straight through processing anyway. It has to be a broker who doesn't trade. A broker who trades is going to trade against you. And they're not good people. I had... Okay, there's there's one there. Office is actually in New Zealand, I think, isn't it? Um, Halifax. And it's Elmax. They're actually quite arrogant people, but they're really fast processing um, and great for withdrawal, all that sort of thing. They're they're good. The one problem with them is uh, it's a problem with so many brokers is. At New York close, they are going to be shut down for five minutes, um, catching up with their platform or something like that. And I hate being out of control of <laughs> price yeah. for, for five minutes, especially at the close of the biggest market on earth. Um, but yeah, they're really good um, relative to everybody else because we are just talking in relative terms. Um, and then for uh, preferred platform, I really enjoy charting on um, MT4. It's, it's so clear and, and simple. But for trading, I would go Coronex every time. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. It, it gives you so many uh, different opportunities to trade. I mean, uh, you're not just stuck on uh, buying at... Let me see. You buy at bid. No, you buy at ask. Um, in MT4, you buy at ask, but in uh, with Corinex, you can set to buy at ask or at bid um, and to sell at ask or at bid. And it's got so many more options. Um, it is a brilliant thing. Um, but for charting, it would be MT4. But for trading, it's Corinex. Cool. And if there was one thing you could leave our listeners with, one bit of advice you could leave our listeners with, what would it be? Ooh, boo, boo, boo. Find out exactly what the education says about where to put your entries and where to put your stops and tell yourself that you're only going to put your entries where everybody else's stops are. Simple. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliantly simple. Right. <laughs> I think we're going to jump on and we're going to have a look at that um, that trade that you're going to walk us through. So b before, oh yeah, the simple crude trade, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll do that. So we'll, we'll end the show here and we'll get that video up on the YouTube channel, guys. So um, or, or the show notes, so you'll be able to see it there. Um, but before we wrap up on this uh, this podcast, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Um, 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 let me see. We have a website, um, rtmacademy.com. Yes, rtmacademy.com. Um, that's the only place where I'm teaching now. Oh, by the way, let me say one thing, please, before I go. Ah, oh, oh, yeah. If you are learning about trading and you come across this thing called the FTR, which is the fail to return or the flag limit. Oh, yeah. 
or uh, the BSZ or, you know, there's this new set of terminology that's coming out all over the world. um, And there are hundreds of schools teaching it now. Um, Just please, please, please don't blame me for what it is. I've had uh, hundreds of people have um, set up their little schools trying to teach this, um, this way of teaching this, um, that I taught them and they failed at it miserably they, they weren't able to make any money from it and um, instead of having any honour what they did was decide to create their own or to take the stuff that I taught them uh, which they never actually got to master themselves and sell it so um, my work is kind of becoming the standard text for trading around the world. It, you know, it used to be supply and demand, but it, now it's my stuff. It's, it's market yeah. reading. Yeah. And it is becoming the standard text. But I have been shown lessons from these people from hundreds of different schools, all teaching my stuff. And yes, they have my charts and whatever that they're trying to explain, but the way they understand it is awful. So if you have paid any of these people any money uh, to actually learn from them, uh, learn my stuff from them, please don't imagine that it is actually what I teach and the way I teach it, because these guys haven't a freaking clue. Um, (laughs) So... Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. I'm not responsible for what these guys have taught you because they are failures. And the only reason they're teaching this stuff is they weren't able to make it work for themselves. <laughs> maybe, they should, um, maybe they should call it um, FTT instead of FTR. Failure to teach. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. (laughs) I've actually seen some of the uh, material. uh, I can't remember. Like people send me stuff all the time, so um, I have seen FTRs and um, yeah, it's. I I know what you mean. I know that it's. uh, I. It's been. It was a while ago. It was probably about six Mm -hmm. months or so ago. That if not a year ago, and. so I know that, you know, I think it did originally come out of, uh, yeah, from you and I'd heard about it and like, yeah. Okay. It's a great, great to hear that this is, you know, the outing of, of that. And, you know, if people are struggling and they've been learning that stuff, then word of, word of advice there, guys, from, from if. Now, look, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show. We'll wrap up the show. We'll jump on some, um, uh, on a, on a screen sharing session and, and do that. But guys, if yeah. you do, if you do want to, um, uh, if you don't want to check out the show notes where we've got the best quotes from the show, we've got a video interview. So if you subscribe on YouTube, you can get that. And we'll have um, little quotes there that you can share. Um, and do be sure to post comments as well. And remember to, to jump on there and uh, and leave a review on the your favorite podcast app, whatever it is, and search for IF. And you might want to search for um, more than IF because it's probably not going to – you're probably going to get about 15, 20 different results. Um, yeah, how do you true. How do you spell your last name? Uh, M-Y-A-N-T-E. There you go, Mianti. So um, everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, and uh, are in the show notes to find them. Search for If Mianti in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there we have it, folks. I told you, I told you it was going to be an unreal interview. Well, as I said, not much interviewing, more uh, listening to what If had to say. And uh, I tell you what, you've got to listen to that one again. You've got to share it. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the pod and uh, and do go and check out the video that I recorded with him after this interview. So you're going to see a trade that goes 
2,800 pips, uh, and with, it's only had a 10 pip stop loss. And if talks us through exactly how he entered that trade, and you can see him marking up the chart and everything, it goes for a few minutes. It's on the uh, it's on the Trading Nut YouTube channel, so subscribe there, or jump on the show notes and check it out. You'll see it in there on the show notes as well, tradingnut.com, and search for if in the search box, uh, and you'll find him there. All right, guys, so that was it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Now, do remember to check out the Robot Traders Club, so you get monthly trading robots where you can basically have me build robots for you guys, and one of these robots is going to absolutely fly, I promise you, and when we get there, if you're in the club, if you're part of the membership, then you guys are going to get access to that robot to trade on your own accounts. Uh, and also do remember the Edu contest. So the Demo Trading Edu contest, a couple of weeks of education, start the year off, and then straight into a contest where you can win back your tuition, which is very reasonably priced, early bird discount on at the moment. So go and check that out. And then there's a six-week competition where you can put those skills into practice and win back your tuition and some cash. So guys, check that out uh, on tradingnut.com forward slash demo comp. There's a link in the show description. All right, folks, until next week, have a great trading week and I'll see you then.